Okay, here we are. We have arrived at the Wheel of Fortune, our namesake. Yeah, our, our namesake and nearly the center of our of our sequence of uh, the 22 Major Arcana. We're on the 11th card, but number 10. Okay, so the title of Wheel of Fortune is, well, you, we see it called the Wheel. We see it called Fortune. We see it called the Sphinx, I've actually uh, seen that with, for obvious reasons. We'll talk much more about later. I also saw, here's a funny one, the Omnium Dominatrix, which is the mistress of everything. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> nice, right? Um, and then Hermetic, Lord of the Forces of Life, is that correct? Yes, Lord of the Forces of Life. Right, right. It's really interesting to think about, um, the personification of fortune, you know, in the older versions, you see Fortuna, and sometimes she's blindfolded, and sometimes she's not, but there's this sort of idea of a female goddess, whereas we also have this association with Jupiter, the father god that we're going to be talking lots Zeus. about, Zeus, and, you know, pretty much in you just you just find the wheel symbolism everywhere in every religion you know in every culture there's this acknowledgement that um that there are forces that are beyond our control so welcome to the wheel and uh, and here we go so uh where where shall we start <laughs> if the wheel stopped for you everyone else would fall off <laughs> As they say. As they say. Hmm. Where shall we start? Do you want to start with um, symbols in the weight card and yeah. then move to symbols in the Crowley card? We could do that, I think. I mean, there's so much in here. Wait, you or know what's really good? we could say symbols in the Coleman Smith card and the <laughs> yes. Harris card. Let's do. Um, let's talk about the animals. Can we talk about the animals first? Sure. Let's talk. Okay. About I really the animals. want to talk about the animals because because that's something that we <clears throat> find that's a. It's so esoteric looking, and it dates back so far. You know, even in the Marseille cards, you have, uh, you always have three animals and you know you have some some symbol of kingship at the top and then you have the 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 ass ascending and the monkey descending and you know we don't associate those marseille decks with all of this information that we talk about in this podcast but those are cognate with yeah. what we see here so um so all right so waitsmith first shall we sure okay so this is the 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 image that you grew up with, painted by yes, your mother, yes, right? on the kitchen wall. Yep. <laughs> Very enigmatic image by which to eat breakfast. To imprint upon at yes. an impressionable age yes. <laughs> over your cereal. Um, so, uh, so we have uh, at the very top uh, the Sphinx, right? Uh, the Sordid Sphinx, which is its own yes. thing, right? What's up with the Sordid Sphinx? Well, I think the sword... Um, is a reference to could be a reference to the powers of you know reason and discernment mm -hmm. in the way. Well, this is this is. Well, I'm going to say that word interesting again. I tend to That's say that okay. about nearly it is interesting. everything in these cards. But one thing I noticed was that in Waits' card, he mentions the Sphinx as being the Mercury figure. So these three figures alchemically are Mercury, Sulfur, and Salt said mm -hmm. said to be. Mm -hmm. um, Waits Wait considers the Sphinx the Mercury figure. Seriously? Yes. That doesn't make any sense at all. Well, I, I don't like it. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and that okay. in the Crowley card, it's the sulfur figure. So he he says the sword is you know bringing in the mm-hmm. the action of sulfur. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thought it was kind of. I was reflecting on the fact that what a difference in if if this is true, and I know I've read that somewhere that that mm-hmm. was um, what Waite saw as the Mercury figure. Mm-hmm. If that's true, then that would be a real philosophical difference. Um, it would. So be. it would be like Waite would be saying that the the clarity is at the top of the wheel. You know, the function of clarity, which is the the Mercury. Of the triad of the right. three gunas, that's the one of lucidity and can... clarity, whereas the, the mm-hmm. other one is action. So Crowley would be saying, you know, top of the wheel is action right. to go, you know, doing. Well, and the other one be. is thinking and, and, and getting clear So and, and intelligence. Right. Well, do you have a source for weight other than the pictorial yeah, key? Because um, it's not in the pictorial key. I wonder if I read that. And I think that might have been in Wang's book. You want me to go I, get it? Oh, yeah. Check? Actually, yeah. Because I think that. he was the one who said that, but I'm not positive. Okay. okay. I'm sure I read that. Okay. So, so Mel found the reference in, in Wang, uh, Robert Wang's Kabbalistic tarot that um, associates the Sphinx with philosophic mercury. So Yeah, um, so he starts by saying that Crowley states that the Sphinx is sulfur, Hermanubis is mercury, and Typhon is salt, and then says the golden dawn, on the other hand, would allow the Sphinx to be considered nothing less than the superconsciousness, sattva, the philosophic mercury. And we see that in Waite's card, the Sphinx sits above the mercury sign on the wheel. So that makes sense, I guess. I mean, it's it's annoying that they're not the same, but she is sitting directly above the Mercury symbol in the wheel. She's got a sword, which is airy, like yep. Mercury. Yeah, so if we look at that inner circle, if you're looking at the card, the, that Mercury mm-hmm. symbol is right under her, and then the uh, serpent has the salt symbol on that inner wheel, and mm-hmm. the sulfur symbol is next to the um, dog-headed figure, and then... And then you may be wondering why Aquarius, but it's actually probably a reference to water. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be... Either dissolution, dissolution or water, and I was thinking water. Well, they're kind of the same thing: dissolution, mm-hmm. solution, and water. Mm-hmm. But that then brings it into four. So where these could also correspond to the four elements. So you'd mm-hmm. have water, fire, mm-hmm. probably fire for sulfur. Salt would then be earth, and, exactly. And mercury for air. Mercury for air. Because mm-hmm. this card has as a four eight spoked wheel. So we've mm-hmm. got you know. So he had to have had four. to have four. <laughs> so and he, they're a little hard to see because they've got the lines. You know. Know, the cardinal direction lines through them, but that's that's what's intended, right? Um, uh, and then, uh, okay, so we have the Sphinx. Who? But I thought it was just reflect. I was just reflecting on. So doesn't that show a real departure in philosophy, where Crowley puts the mm-hmm. sulfur on top of the wheel and and in mm-hmm. action, the the mm-hmm. you know the active element on the wheel, whereas. Yeah, the Golden Dawn had the the super consciousness, mm-hmm. the, the knowledge, the clarity, and knowledge mm-hmm. on top of the wheel. Right. So you know right. their philosophy was to learn, where his was to to take that learning and move forward mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I mean, that's you know Crowley is all about the active application of whatever it is you got. Um, 
the reason I was so uncomfortable with the Sphinx's air is because because of the Hermanubis figure. And well, I wouldn't say it's exactly air. I mean, well, mm-hmm. it is air. The way the way Waits card shows mm-hmm. it as the four spokes and makes one of them water and mm-hmm. clearly is trying to make it elemental. What mm-hmm. Crowley says about these three gunas, he says that they're not exactly the elements. They're not exactly the alchemical, um, the alchemical mm-hmm. references. They're not exactly the you know Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. They're mm-hmm. not exactly anything. He said the word is actually undefinable and untranslatable, and, and incorporates ha. all Cop of out. all of those things. He <laughs> yeah. says it's it's kind yeah. of like all of those things and very mm-hmm. fluid. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And the word guna itself... Um, that, he also says, is untranslatable. Yeah, he what calls he says it untranslatable, but mm-hmm. I've heard it referred to as tendencies. Mm-hmm. So it's not an exact thing. It's a tendency. And mm-hmm. then there's a root of the word that means threads, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So a tendency or a thread... When I think of threads too, it brings back the whole, you know, the th- the three the fates spinning the threads mm-hmm. on the wheel. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool that the word has a a root of of that within it. Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of trying to justify in my mind the association with the sulfur symbol with this rising. Uh, well, doesn't it make sense to you that? Uh, no, no. Well, in oh, you mean in, in the weight card. card? Yeah. You know, I actually. Now, I know it's probably wrong, or maybe mm-hmm. there is no wrong, but here's something very strange. Mm-hmm. When I was young and used to stare at this picture, I always considered that supposed Hermanubis figure as mm-hmm. Typhon. Oh, did you really? And mm-hmm. I didn't think that was wrong because what I learned later when I first started looking into it Mm -hmm. is that's the set animal. You ever see the set animal? Oh, is it? Yeah, the set animal was a jackal. Was related to Typhon. So the set animal had, you know, a jackal-like head and was either had a dog body with a bifurcated tail or or was that head on a human body, which Mm -hmm. it looks like what we see here. Because to me, Mm -hmm. that doesn't look... I suppose it could be a Hermanubis, but to me, it looks like a set. Uh, mm, mm. And that's well, also you know. the same head that's the yeah. wasp scepter, where the scepter has that yes. animal-like head with the yeah. forked ears, and then the Which bottom we see has on the, the, Magus bi- card. the bifurcated uh, mm-hmm. spoke at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So Could be. So anyway, then this would be the set animal, if that's Typhon. And also, but they're both... See, it's weird, because yeah. the, it, what that And Typhon is supposed to be a serpent-like is a figure, serpent. too. But right. then I was thinking about that serpent, and... It could be the Apep serpent, you know, the, mm. the serpent of chaos. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in which case, they're kind of like the same thing. Like at one time, Typhon was, or Set actually, Set was the defender of Ra against the serpent of chaos. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't always that Set was considered evil. Yeah. That kind of yeah. came along later in the Egyptian cosmology, like the mm-hmm. early in, earlier, and you might have to ask a true Egyptologist like to define when, mm-hmm. but earlier, you know, Set defended Ra against the serpent mm-hmm. Apophis or Apep, mm-hmm. or Apep, I don't know how mm-hmm. they said it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of speaks to how in the Egyptian mythos, evil was a result of man's struggles against non-existence. Mm-hmm. And that speaks mm-hmm. to the whole wheel of samsara, the right. cycle of right. necessity of right. that we're that we're on, and you know can't mm-hmm. seem to get off. 
Right, which we see throughout this card or in any mandala type figure that you look at. Um, I mean, I can also see, you know, serpent as salt being close to the earth, you know, tied mm -hmm. to the earth. Um, and, you know, that figure, which the red figure, which you thought was Typhon and which I thought was Hermanubis, it's also kind of a demonic looking figure, you know, right, sulfuric. Very, yeah, red, <laughs> a know? red devil. A red you devil. Know? I always thought, you know, before learning any of this stuff, I always thought it was a red devil. Because yeah, why not, you know? And so it's all in how you how you look at it. Um, but I think there's supposed to be, you know, the ascending figure and the descending figure, you know, are in some sense supposed to be moral lessons. I think the idea that, you know, there's an ambition that goes with ascending up the wheel and then an inevitable downfall afterwards. Oh, another thing that Wang said about that figure, and I mm -hmm. don't know if it's, he says that Case was the one who called that figure Hermanubis and that it's mm -hmm. really Hermes, not Hermes and uh, Anubis, but Horus and Anubis. Oh, so it's really? actually a figure mm -hmm. called Heru M. Anpu, which is Horus <laughs> as Anubis. Mm -hmm. And it was the, the leader of souls into the underworld mm -hmm. and as such was considered a good beneficial figure, but also terrifying. But also terrifying. Yeah. Well, the animals on the Crowley card are a little bit less confusing, I think. Totally, um, yeah. It's, you know, it's much more clear who's who and what's mm -hmm. what. And what's what. Um, we have, the again, the Sorted Sphinx, but in this case associated with sulfur, right? Yep. And uh, and then we have on the left, which you can also see on our on our banner for Fortune's Wheelhouse, you can see the monkey. The monkey. Sinocephalus uh, ape. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's clearly Mercury, the companion of Mercury, um, thought to be the companion in the Hall of the Dead, right? But also the 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 Hall reminder, of Two Truths, the Hall of Two Truths, yeah. um, the weighing of the heart against the mm -hmm. the soul's um, mm -hmm. falsity Under the jurisdiction or of truth, <laughs> right? And then there's you know also his role as the distorter of the word, mm -hmm. but he's he goes along with Mercury psychopomp, and. As Mercury, he is sort of the uh, alchemical Mercury acts as an agent connecting sulfur and salt, which would salt being the Typhon figure here, descending. Right, the crocodile looking like being. S immensely sinister. <laughs> <laughs> so he's supposed to be the son of Gaia mm -hmm. and, well, his, his um, parent parental ship is a bit under dispute but usually he's the son of Gaia and Tartarus mm -hmm. Tartarus being the the personified abyss mm -hmm. so the son of earth and the abyss rather interesting <laughs> um right cast down yep. by Zeus with his thunderbolt yep. which is actually dramatized in this card with thunderbolts everywhere yeah um Zeus before he casts him down he he says I'm going to you know I'm going to cast you down and I'm going to raise a tomb over you that says Something like, son of earth who the fire of heaven burnt up. <laughs> An insult to injury. <laughs> and also he's got, the, he's got the Ankh in one hand and the crook of Osiris in the other. So he's separating Separating them. life, the life of the Osiris figure mm -hmm. away from, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, mischief making. There's another um, story that Hera alone gave birth to uh, Typhon, you know, of course, something to do with jealousy <laughs> over Zeus's 
um, something to do with Zeus. Something of, Zeus did, something as Zeus usual. did, as usual, right? <laughs> and that um, she alone just, he, I think she was jealous that uh, Zeus had given birth to, alone to, is it uh, Athena, born out mm-hmm, of his out head? Out of his head. Right. She's like, I can, so she's anything like, you can do, well, I can uh, do better. Right, uh, so, <laughs> so she gives birth to Typhon and gives him to the Python to raise, supposedly, mm-hmm. the story goes, um, <laughs> or to Kronos. Um, so mm-hmm. Cronus, not, right? So, um, right. And then the, so the again, Typhon figure himself mm-hmm. is supposed to be the father of Cerberus, the three-hundred. Is that true? Hound of hell. Well, mm-hmm. thus have I read. Who knows if it's true with <laughs> mythologies? Because they often yeah. contradict each other. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and also supposed to be the father of the Sphinx. Mm. And also mm. supposed to be the father of Scylla, the monster, you know, the right. Scylla and Charybdis uh, right. legend, and also the father of Gorgon, who was the the mother of Medusa. Mm. So very interesting uh, lineage Wait, there. Typhon's <laughs> supposed to be the father? Supposedly. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. And it's, 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 it's curious to me because... He's he's set as an enemy of Zeus in that mm. way because, you know, if you look at an ancient map, all of these monsters of Typhon are around the edge, you know, preventing the travel of people to distant places, which is what Jupiter is about. Yeah, interesting. So you have yeah. this kind yeah. of like confrontation of those two Here values. there be dragons. Here there be dragons and monsters and whirlpools and all sorts of dreadful things you don't want to encounter. Okay, so well, this, we should probably continue on, since we've been talking about Jupiter, mm. uh, with more Jupiter references. Uh, we see the thunderbolts, of course, yep. associated with Jupiter. the lightnings. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the colors are obviously mm-hmm. of the scale. We can talk about those later. But mm-hmm. then there's that um, triangle with the that the center of the spoke... Mm-hmm. of the wheel is kind of fastened mm-hmm. to, i don't know if, this if you is look on at the, the card. card yeah on the yeah. thought card mm-hmm. if you look behind the wheel you'll see this like giant triangle um and you'll see that the the center of the wheel is about the position where the eye in the triangle might be mm-hmm. and um that's a jupiter reference because so what was it called in in centrum Century Trigono or something mm-hmm, like that, which is like the center of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at a pyramid, imagine it was clear the the point that you don't see at the center of the opposite side would be around that point. Mm-hmm. And it's also called the eye in the triangle often. So the reason that's a Jupiter reference has to do with the um, OTO's Rites of Jupiter, which is kind of like a public play they put on and... In that play, it has a giant wheel on the stage and three actors portraying these three figures, the Sphinx, Mm -hmm. the Hermanubis, and the Typhon. And in, you know, somewhere in, somewhere in there, the, the Typhon figure hails the Hermanubis figure and says, hail to Hermanubis, O messenger of Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And the, Hermanubis hails Typhon back and says, Hail to you, Typhon, executor of his vengeance. <laughs> nice. And so nice. what that is, seems to be saying is that they're both functions of Jupiter. They're both helping Jupiter in some way. You know, Hermanubis mm-hmm. as his messenger and uh, Typhon as executor of, of Zeus's vengeance somehow. And mm-hmm. then, but they they have the Sphinx above them and and they seem to like consider her not of them and so they ask her 
because she's so high above them or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, where are you? And she reveals that she's also bound to the wheel. And mm-hmm. that sets off a whole dialogue between them and this eye in the triangle, which is considered like it's this oracular mm-hmm. device. And mm-hmm. and the, the oracle answers them and, and tries to explain to them how it is that they need to merge together as one in order to achieve the center of the, the wheel of the where wheel, things stillness. are stillness in order to no longer be bound to the, the wheel as separate functions. Wow. I wonder how that like was that. received in public. <laughs> I wish I could have seen it. I wish I could have too. I wish I could have too. But in, the, in that play, it kind of becomes obvious that the Sphinx is the will. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the will of Jupiter, mm-hmm. the um, the Typhon figure is the emotion or the heart of the figure. So there's mm-hmm. the desire nature and the the, mm-hmm. the whole emotional thing. Because you'll see it because I forget the exact quotes, but it's obvious that the Typhon figure is full of emotion and desire. Yeah. Whereas the the ape figure, the Hermonibus figure, is the mind, and mm-hmm. he's the one trying to bring reason into everything. And so, but they're each. F- faulty because without mind and emotion and and will all working together yes. there is no stillness well, this is very much like the the platonic triangle that we talked about in the chariot where there is that will reason and appetite that yeah. you cannot you know uh they're pulling in opposite directions and you need something to mediate you need to have them all working together yes mm-hmm. So also Jupiter references everywhere seem to have to do with the number four, mm-hmm. uh, which is the number of Hesed, which is the Sephira associated with Jupiter. And we see in both cards, four, 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 four. It's second mm-hmm. only to 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the weight card, we have the four beasts of Ezekiel, mm-hmm. um, which you can ref- you can look up. We've talked about them a lot in the Hierophant card and in the Chariot and then card. We have the four letters tarot, which mm-hmm. could also spell uh, rota, rota, or for wheel, or, or ator, a- ator right? for half Hathor, Hathor, right? Or um, orat, which I think is is that <laughs> the law or speech? Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, and then you have the tetragrammaton between mm-hmm. yep, between the letters, counterchange between the, the yep, letters, the yod hey vow hey, and the fact that the living creatures of Ezekiel all have books um, that might be a reference to the four apostles because sometimes we equate them with the four apostles. Who knows? You know, it's somewhere there in Waits giant Christian soup. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then I I suppose in the center of the wheel you always have you have in this particular card, you know, it just feels like a compass. It feels like the cardinal mm. directions. The eight spoked wheel is also the wheel mm. of Dhamma. Right. In Buddhist tradition, it looks like a kind of like a ship Ooh, wheel. And the eight-point star is the star of Lakshmi, which who is the goddess of fortune. Ah, yes. Which is interesting, Interesting. Too. Very good. Yep. Yep. Nice. But we have on the um, – so we also have some references to four in the Thoth card in terms of all of these four-pointed stars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we have these, you know, sort of uh, four lightning bolts reflected across the vertical axis. So you have eight of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and an eight-pointed star at the top looks like. Yep. 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 But then instead of an eight-spoked wheel, we have a ten-spoked wheel. Or is that a no? Is that a that's a ten-spoked star is at the it? top? The big one in the center. Ooh, you are that's right. ten. You are right. Okay. So, all but right. these other stars around it are all four. So we've got four-pointed stars, and then we have a central ten-pointed star and a ten-point uh, ten-spoked oh, wheel. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but there's these little four at the tips of the lightning bolt. 
Yeah. Those are fours. And then see the little fist, the little hand at the very bottom of the wheel on the rim? The the hand that turns the wheel. The hand that turns the wheel. Yep. (laughs) And we were talking about that, I think, a little bit in the when we talked about the hermit. So Mm -hmm. the hermit's Mm -hmm. letter being Yod meaning hand. What's the difference between this card, Mm -hmm. um, Kaf meaning sometimes fist, sometimes palm? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. what I said there is that I consider the Yod card as being the, the manifestation of the hand, the hand of manifestation, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is the action of the opening and closing of the hand that, you know, that drives the, the wheel of, that makes the motion and it's in constant motion, opening and closing, giving and taking away. Mm. I think of it as the, as the outstretched hand receiving the blessings of Jupiter as well, mm. even though and it can be fortune telling of the palm and the, the fortune telling of the yeah. palm, exactly. and the fortune and, and the and the Hamsa talismanic of um, protection, averting evil. You know, the hand with the eye on it, uh, which is another reference. Um, and I think it's you know, regardless of exactly the position of the hand or what it's doing, it's always interesting to me to think of the hand associated with the wheel because of the idea that there's agency or the idea that who is turning that wheel, you right, know, right. It, it always, you know, Pure raises chance. the question. It could be chance. It could be Jupiter, the gods, you know, it could be you. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, and that's always the question, you know, who is, who is in charge? Uh, another Jupiter reference we find in the fact that this path runs between Chesed, the Sephira of Jupiter, and Netzach, the Sephira of Venus. So, right. you know, so, the, so you have the greater and the lesser benefic. Right. So in astrology, those are the two planets that are most associated with good fortune and, good you know, stuff. Yeah. beneficial results. Which so, is why... And it's know, on the pillar of mercy. On the pillar of mercy. <laughs> so it's all ice cream all the time. Whenever you see the Wheel of Fortune, I think, you know, it's very hard to read it as a poor omen. It's just... Right. Although, truthfully, it is, you know, ch- perpetual change. Perpetual and nothing change. can stay on top mm-hmm. of the wheel forever. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of to be taken in context. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and speaking of the tree, uh, the ten-spoked wheel could have to do with the ten sephirot, mm-hmm. you know, or Malkut itself. Right. And mm-hmm. so in, in Waits' card, you have the eight-spoked wheel. In Crowley's card, you have the ten-spoked wheel. And in the, mm-hmm. the Golden Dawn deck, you know, we don't see here, but it's got the mm-hmm. twelve-spoked wheel for the the for whole the zodiac, yeah, the, zodiac. the revolution of the, the year. Right, right. Uh, we we haven't mentioned in the context of number four. Uh, I'm not sure we've mentioned explicitly the Sphinx's four powers. We kind of touched yeah the on four it. the four powers of the Sphinx. So mm-hmm. I guess we we can mention them here mm-hmm. again. So the four powers are related to the four suits or four worlds and mm-hmm. or four elements or however you want it. All the many ways of you can say four um, <laughs> to will to dare to know and to keep silent. So to will the fire force, to dare the water force, to know the air element, and to keep silent, that's the earth element, the silence. And then those, if you... If the adept masters the four powers, he then has the power to, to go. go, and that's perpetual motion perpetual to go. Motion and then here we wheel. have the wheel that's mm-hmm. always going, always turning. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, both Mel and I had, you know, you've had a, a lifetime fascination with the wheel. Mine has been uh, 
a, a relatively more recent one, but I've been, you know, interested in an, enough in it that I've wanted to have the wheel in my life as a sort of a central, um, a central devotional figure. And so, you know, I remember we talked really early when we first met about the wall of wheel, which is, something <laughs> is gradually yeah. forming on my sewing room right. wall, where on my office wall, where, you know, I have many, many wheel versions and of the woe. wheel. <laughs> whoa, wheel and whoa. Uh, gradually, you know, more and more versions of the wheel are creeping across my my wall nice even as we speak um, you might want to mention your riddle um the riddle of oh, the yes, sphinx oh yes the riddle of the sphinx so uh so so the riddle of the sphinx is uh what goes on four legs in the morning two at noon and three in the evening and the answer of course is man us right yeah. and and the, the sphinx is mm -hmm. a symbol of mm -hmm. man mhm mm exactly and the idea here is that there's a, a surrender of this idea that you are always one thing, you know, the idea that you are constantly changing, that you're mortal, that you're going to die. Um, and, you know, and there's there's a sort of divorcing of yourself from your ego in admitting that. Yeah, and that, that brings up, so when, when Oedipus gives the correct answer mm -hmm. to that riddle, what mm -hmm. does the Sphinx do? Uh, she self-immolates. She or throws herself yeah, into yeah. the sea. <laughs> and you can, if That's you right. look at that at, right. on the tree yeah. of life, she throws herself into the into sea. Bina? She throws herself into Bina. She mm -hmm. gives up all, she, you know, crosses the abyss and <laughs> returns back to the, to, and, and in, the message, I think, in order to do that, to, to cross, to, is that you have to give up all attachments, up all, all worldly attachments, all those you know, you're, you're done. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as we were saying earlier about the hand or the fist, um, or the outstretched or the palm. palm, right? Uh, there's, I'm going to repeat what I said in the hermit, which is that the palm is, uh, also associated with the palm branch of the palm tree, which provides shade and protection. Same word, um, cuff. And, uh, so naturally in the book of Thoth, Crowley has something to say about cuff and the first letter being k and the second letter being phi or phi uh the the k the kappa is short he says for ktes and the phi or phi for phallos i'm sure you can imagine what phallos is and since you know what phallos is i bet you can imagine what ktes is <laughs> so you know of course you did of course he did. He went there. He always does. Um, another really interesting thing about the uh, attribution of Kaf is that it is um, associated in the Sefer Yetzirah, or at least in some interpretations of it, as the dual, um, like all of the planets, it has a dual nature, um, a, a, mm -hmm. a set of opposites. And Jupiter, for Jupiter, it's riches and poverty. Oh, Which how perfect. The is, open perfect hand and the that, closed right? hand. Right. Right. Exactly. Giving and taking away. Right. Right. The giving of fortune and its reverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the idea of palms, since palm the tree and palm the hand are cognate, you know, there's the idea of palms as victory, you know, and there's that mm. triumphal spirit to the Jupiter card. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
One of my favorite things about the Thoth version of this card is notice how at the top there's a mirror wheel above the so there's like a a wheel we see its face of oh. vertically and then there's another wheel that's in the horizontal position above You're it. You're right, that's and it's remarkable. It's like the gears, it's like two gears of the universe or something. I have never noticed I've literally I've always never loved noticed that, that the way they did that. Cuz it also reminds yeah. me of, you know, the, the phi symbol where you mm-hmm. have the, the zero with the one through it, and it looks like a spoke, a spoke in a wheel. Right. I, I don't know. Right. I just think it's, you know, the laws of nature and the, the mm-hmm. greater universe turning as our mundane world turns. Mm-hmm. More as above, so below. More as above, uh, so below. Type um, of the combination of the zero and the one. The great power button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. or, the, or the salt symbol of matter is also like that ah, circle yes. with a... Yeah, with the um, line through line it. Line through it. Um, oh, and it's horizontal, but still. Yeah, but, you know. Yep. Yeah. And... Uh, and binary symbols. Binary the, the, symbols. The zero and the one of, you know, computer programming language. Exactly. The code is written. From which everything <laughs> derives. Yeah. Uh, you can, you know, and also associate the point in the line, the point in the line, the, um, the, f- the fool in the, the phallus in the yoni, yep. the, um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, what is it? The, the pillar in the void. <laughs> the pillar in the void. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And these, there is that idea that 10 reduces to one as well, you know, that. Right. Bringing back in the magus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also, we could, if we want to go there about reduction of numbers, the, mm-hmm. the sun also oh, reduces yes, to right. 10. The 1 and the right. 9, the 19 reduces to 10, the wheel, and then reduces to 1, the magus. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of a relationship between those three That's cards. Right. And it's one of the few cards that has three, you mm-hmm. know, a, a series of three by reduction. Mm-hmm. And they're all planets, uh, sun, Mercury, Jupiter. Sun, Mercury, so and Jupiter, yep. Relationship there. All, um, yeah. Curious, huh? Yeah, very much. Very much so. There's, there's some meaning there to meditate on. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, color. Want to talk color? Color. So we've got violet as the king scale color, and you see in Crowley's card, it's all lots and lots of violet. And um, <laughs> then there's the blues of Jupiter and um, mm-hmm. purples, and then there's, I think there's a blue or a purple. Raid yellow, which is where all the yellow, yeah, bright yellow blue, raid yellow is the idea, yep. right? And purple and violet are colors of kingship, yep. as we know, and uh, and the blue, of course, is yep. also re- uh, reflected in the weight card along with clouds. So again, a reference to the sky god, mm. Hezed and and Netzach. Mm-hmm. Their colors, I mean, the Jupiter colors and Hezed are obviously all over the card. Mm-hmm. And then the Netzach is green. So, you know, mm. um, there is a little bit of a kind of a There's greenish a tinge. tinge to these creatures in their shading. I don't know if that was intentional, but probably. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it was. Or it could just be the blue. I mean, if you had to shade the them yel- anyway, yellow. you might as well make them shaded green. Yeah, the blue and the yellow. <laughs> blue and the it yellow. looks like blue shading with the yellow creatures mm-hmm. kind of formed green naturally or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then in alchemy, this mm-hmm. card has to do with circulation. So the 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 revolving and the circulating mm-hmm. function. Mm-hmm. At least, right. That makes sense. That makes some sense. That goes with it. Um, okay. It's like with a um, a still. 
what happens in circulation is when, you know, you boil down the, um, well, if you're making booze, you boil down the war or the must and that's been fermented and it purifies it and mm-hmm. takes out the dross and mm-hmm. the vapor rises up. So vapor is kind of associated with Jupiter being yes. moist air or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. so then the vapor rises up and condenses in the coils. Well, and that also makes, makes me the, think of the expansive the properties tincture. of Jupiter. And when you have a wheel, you don't just have constant motion, but you have the centrifugal force all right of expansion of expansion where things you know spiral out which you can see very clearly in the thoth card right uh, those spirals sort of like, just radiating yeah. out mm-hmm. cool yeah. yeah and of course that expansiveness goes with the pillar of force and it's you know uh nature of uh constant uh outward projection mm. as opposed to contraction and forming and shaping on the pillar form so those colors, blue and purple, are associated with the stones amethyst and lapis lazuli, which are you know, mm. typically associated with Jupiter. Yes, the amethyst and the lapis. Yeah, yeah. Two lovely stones. They are lovely stones. And the blue is also the stone The stone of Sagittarius is turquoise, which is, is also really? that, uh, that uh, oh, pretty, no, pretty sky yeah. blue color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Closer to the, to the weight version than... Than the thought for it. Well, I guess well, there's there's, no, there's, no, some there's definitely some the turquoise blue there. in yep. the sky here. Yep, there sure that is. Card. There sure is. I'm never sure about the color registration in the thought because we've seen so many versions different of versions. It. Yeah. Well, bo- it's true of both decks actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So natural correspondences are all Jovian correspondences, like the oak and the hyssop and the eagle and the owl, these uh, regal sky birds and the king of trees. Um, Interestingly, uh, the odors that go with Jupiter are also considered expansive odors. They're odors that carry, um, the, the, the main one I don't actually have with me, which would be saffron, but we all know what saffron smells like. It has that wonderful, not only the, the incredible, you know, just golden color. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not only the, you know, beautiful color, which just seems to go everywhere. It is a dye, right? Again, expansive. It just, um, you, you get something in saffron and it's, you know, permanently golden. I always considered saffron a solar herb. Of yeah, the sun. Yeah. No, I mean, this is just well, this is one, you know, one philosopher. It's it, the thread the threads are red, but the when you put it red. in water, it turns brilliant right. golden mm-hmm. yellow. Which mm-hmm. I think that, you know, saffron frankincense are definitely solar as well. But mm-hmm. you know, I think there are connections between the sun and the sun and, and Jupiter, Jupiter yeah, definitely. Saying, right? Yeah. So um both large gaseous bodies in our <laughs> solar system anyway. <laughs> the nineteen and the ten. <laughs> yes. Right. So uh, I have a few more that are associated with Jupiter here. The uh, They are one thing that you find in a lot of the literature is this reference to line or lignum aloe, which, you know, I think people generally agree is agar wood, otherwise known as oud, which is why it's um, the basis for my Sagittarius perfume ruled by... Um, Ruled by Jupiter. And we are both wearing Sagittarius now for this podcast. (laughs) Even now. For inspiration. Indeed. And actually, it was Mel who um, persuaded me to, oh, did I bring, oh, shoot, I brought the, I brought the synthetic version, not the natural version. Oh, I better not sniff too much of that that. Yeah. But, uh, but Oud is this wonderful, um, resin, resinous growth, I guess, uh, that, 
you find on the agarwood tree that has sort of a pruniness and depth and fruit fruitiness that you don't find in all woods. Um, so that's, that's associated with, uh, Jupiter. And actually, hold on a sec. Let me just look that up real sec, because it's interesting to think about. It's, it's a product of disease, isn't it? Uh, let's see. Uh, fragrant dark wood. Mold. Infected with a type of a tree, infected with a type yes, of mold. Yes, that's right. Okay, so and then the resin probably oozes out from. Yeah, no, I like that because I like the idea. So oud is okay. So so oud is produced from a tree that is infected with a kind of mold. That's why it's so expensive and hard to get. Um, but it's interesting to me, like interpretationally, because here you have something that's happened to the tree, something that's. It will mean the death of the tree, and yet it yields this, you know, fragrant, beautiful resin that's prized by by us. And that just seems, you know, so so very much a part of the cycle of change and death and fortune altogether. You know how the how the um, inevitable demise of the tree gives rise to this expensive, beautiful, fortune related. Uh, fragrance. Okay. Um, and then a couple of other things that go with it are, uh, well, I didn't bring Storex because we list, we smell Storex like practically every time. Um, but I did bring Peru balsam, which is associated, uh, yet another resin and Whew. yeah. And oak moss, which I love the smell of oak moss. It's got this, mm, that I like that too. It's like, yeah, it reminds me of the sea, yeah. the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, Nutmeg uh, is also associated with Jupiter. But Jupiter being exalted in Cancer, maybe that's the yes. Ocean, there's a nice connection. Uh, connection. Jupiter exalted in Cancer, right? Right. Um, right. Or you know, ruling Pisces as well. There's right. Another. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Pisces because have... because Jupiter. For those of you listening, Jupiter rules both Sagittarius and Pisces because classical planets. There were that. only seven of them, so they they double up on <laughs> except for the occasion. sun and the moon. Yes, right, right. And there's a there's a logic and an order to that. Um, and it's interesting, Sagittarius and Pisces, because of the you know fire and water that you know you can perhaps read into that the steamy clouds on the wheel of fortune. <laughs> if you were in that in that frame of mind, um, okay, so. Uh, the colors, uh, as we were saying, are blue and violet, which means that, uh, depending on which one you use, you get different notes. So, um, I thought the king scale one is violet. The king, the main, the king the scale so the one, first one or... the, well, the, I usually do the Sephira first, um, which would be blue, which is, uh, G sharp is associated with the color blue, the Sephira has said, and the number four in the planet Jupiter. <laughs> and then, and then we have violet, which is, as you were saying, as associated with the absolutic path which is a sharp uh for violet or purple uh any of those are all associated with a sharp so they're pretty close um it's not it's not that different but um but you still have to make a choice if you happen to be <laughs> up at 7 in the morning intoning or vibrating the name of jupiter <laughs> not that anyone i know does that <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so uh, 
hats off to the Lord of the Forces of Life. That was the Wheel of Fortune. And we will be back next time with justice or adjustment. <laughs>